Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Discipleship Talks bonus podcast. This is the final installment of a series of conversations between Pastor Steve Warren and some of the leaders here at C3 Imagine, all about the recent preaching series, Walk With Me. We hope this series has inspired you in your leadership and equipped you to go deeper in your discipleship of the people around you, wherever you are. Keep an eye out for more of these bonus podcast series coming up soon. But for now, enjoy the episode. Well, it's great to have you back. We're in the end of a mini-series on Walk With Me, some bonus episodes that we're putting out from C3 Imagine. Hope you're enjoying it. And I've got three very special guests with me who have been with me for the last two uh, episodes as well. In fact, if you haven't heard the first session, you'll hear them in that episode introducing themselves. But uh, I'll just tell you who they are by name. We've got Christine Vanderklei with us, Jen Spencer with us, and Sibka Bontaku with us, all from our church, C3 Imagine. And today we want to focus on how we work out our Christian life, our discipleship, in everyday life scenarios. We have so far looked at the power of community, how we need each other, great friends and great mentors in our life if we're going to grow as disciples. We've looked at the significance of our prayer life and the Bible in shaping us as disciples. And so it's uh, very important we look at then how can uh, that work out in everyday life, rubber hits the road scenarios. So we're going to dive right into it, and uh, I'm going to ask each of them uh, what, what was a tough decision that they've had to make, uh, that they've had to stand by as a growing disciple. So Christine, let's kick off with you. Talk to us about a tough decision you've had to make in life as someone who's tried to remain true to Christ. Well, my tough decision is one I I continually have to make. Um, I am a very self-oriented person, as I've discovered over the years. Um, I like my own opinion. I believe I'm right. And I like to do my own thing. So, um, but living in a community, in a family, you can't live like that. And it's not right. Um, So I've had to learn to listen to others, to actually, um, for my opinion, not to be the most important. um, And to let other people's desires become important. And um, one of the ways in which this has worked itself out is, for instance, in my relationship with Stuart, um... I often think I'm right about, for instance, where the furniture gets put or things like that. But I've I've learned to listen to him because actually his opinion is very important and he's often more right than I am. So I have seen a shift in my life because of that. Also, with the things I want to do, for instance, on holiday, I want to sit in the sun with my book. Um, My kids want to go out on a bike and enjoy themselves. So it's not about me it's about us Um, and I think that's been an important aspect of my walk with God is it's not about me wow Um, so that's the decision I have to make regularly that's great that's a great line actually it's it's not about me but Mm. we pretty much sums up the heart of being a disciple right I guess Jen what was did tell us a tough decision you've had to make yeah I would I would say continually making the decision to to stay committed to God's design for relationship and marriage ultimately. Mm-hmm. So I'm single, I'm almost 42 and throughout my life there have been 
plenty of opportunities where I could have compromised what I know to be true about God's design for relationship and ultimately what what I want, which is a God-honoring, Christ-centered marriage. Um, and it's totally swimming against the tide of mm. society, right? But I know that ultimately making that tough decision, saying, you know, saying no or saying goodbye to someone who was otherwise a great man is, is part of my discipleship. Mm. It's part of my honoring of God. And I trust God's heart and his truth enough to make those hard decisions, even if they're painful. Mm. Um, because I know that, that he loves me and he wants the very best for me, um, even if it doesn't feel easy or comfortable in the moment. Right. Yeah, you've summed it up brilliantly. So honoring God is more important to you, knowing that ultimately his design for you is worth the pain and yep. the sacrifice. And you will be blessed as a result of that. I know a lot of people listening will identify it, with that. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> you will be blessed. His design is always best. It can be painful surrendering to it, but surrendering to it is is always the best outcome. Sifka, how about how about you? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, uh, yeah, it must be when um, I was doing Bible college in Australia, and I heard very clearly from from God to go back to Amsterdam to this church and be with with you, uh, uh, with Pastor Steve and Lisby Warren. And um, it was very clear to me, but I really didn't want to go because a bit of a pattern in my life, and I think I still do it, is um, I just dig down within myself very deep to find why I want to do things and to find motivation. And then I kind of settle on something. And then because I duck so you know, deep to, to get that, I'm very sure <laughs> that I think that I know what I want. <laughs> um, and then if God then comes in and is like, hey, Sipka, um, we're going to do this, then it's it happened multiple times. It's fairly painful to then alter, alter the direction, be like, yes. And um, so, uh, so that was a really tough decision. Also because uh, when I first came back here, um, I thought it was all going to be amazing straight away and, you know, you, you all know how life is. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It was really hard at the start. Uh, fairly lonely as well, um, because you just have to build friendships and mm. and 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 everything around it. So, yeah, that was tough. But I've been here for six years plus now, and I'm very thankful I did. I I see wonderfully how God's been leading everything, and uh, yeah, it, it was tough, but it's very good. Well done. You've made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think what we're trying to say is following Jesus has some challenges attached to it. Mm. But because we put him first, because we love him, because we know he knows the best for us, facing those challenges head on and walking through it is ultimately the best for us, even if at the time it feels difficult. Yeah. I found over, over the years that there are usually some consistent challenges I face that they have the same personality the same pattern to them that are they're not unique to me but that it's they are my burdens they're my things and mm. they're not so different to the things in that I were challenged with in my 20s it's just that maybe they're less intense now I you know because I've made those choices you've all made I'm going to surrender I'm going to work on it it's like three steps forward one back you know, yeah. three steps forward mm. but I'm making progress uh 
because I'm committed. I'm committed to being a disciple, committed to following Jesus. And therefore, life takes on a more joyful demeanor, ultimately, uh, because I'm counting it joy yeah. to face every trial with a surrendered heart. So let's look at that in the context of parenting. Um, Christine, you have two sons. Um, uh, one of them has grown up and left home. Yeah. The other still at home. Um, t tell us about discipleship in the context of par parenting. What have you done as a parent to contribute to the discipleship of your two sons? Um, well, I wasn't a very um, strict parent. I wasn't a very prescriptive parent. So it's never been so much about the do's and the don'ts. For me, it's been more about communication and dialogue. So I love to talk with the kids. I love to hear how they're thinking about things. Um, I find it really important to understand why they do things some, sometimes the way they do, but also to explain why we do certain things. Mm. So if I'm asking them to do something, it's to explain why that is, how that contributes to the family, um, the difference it makes. Um, if they find something difficult and they don't want to do it, we'll talk about it, we'll talk about why. Of course, there's always circumstances where yes is yes or no is no. Um, but also in terms of their walk with God, I want to understand what's happening with them. Mm. Even if I might not like the answer or something's not working out, I want to understand where they're at. And that means asking questions. Um, but I think also for us, there have been certain values um, that have been um, just non-negotiable, like going to church. Mm. To us, that is being part of our church family whenever we can. Um, and thankfully, our kids, you know, have often shown that they want to be in church even more than we do. So oh. <laughs> that's been brilliant. But they've found a home here. Yeah. Um, but it is, to me, about communication. Right. And that's, to me, absolutely essential. No, I, think, I think you've hit the heart of it. Uh, uh, every parent will have a different mode of how to work with their children. Some mm. y more strict than others. And that's perhaps less the issue uh, than the ability to communicate, yeah. dialogue, talk, understand, and have and 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 communicate a set of values. I think is what you're saying. Yeah. You, you dialogue dialogue over things to try and communicate values and reason and why. Yeah. So they're catching what you feel is healthy, healthy living. That's it. And healthy living in the context of Christ. Yeah. So because the youth pastor, I know you don't have children of your own, of course, <laughs> yet, but as a youth pastor, you're working with um, yes. teenagers. Uh, tell us from your perspective uh, what is helpful for us to understand in discipling or for parents to understand in discipling teenagers. Yeah. Um, so I think most parents or all parents, are there, they're doing amazing. And there's just, so I just want to encourage all parents and uh, I don't think there's any parent who doesn't want the best for their child and that they're all trying so hard and um, and yeah it's like yeah it's it's interesting dynamic to see from the sideline how I like that's how I see my role and I can um, uh, yeah do little bits and pieces there but what I've observed is actually um, yeah exactly what you're saying Christine is um, is that creating boundaries and creating a clarity about values at home mm -hmm. are two major things that can have a massive impact on your discipleship as a parent towards your children. So for uh, creating boundaries, actually during COVID, I've, I've seen um, two groups of, of children, if I 
um, can generalize it like that, mm. uh, or teenagers. And there's one group um, with parents that give less boundaries. Uh, and what I've seen with teenagers having their phone and, and Wi-Fi, um, they have unlimited possibilities in a, a, a world wide web. Um, and um, we see that the kids with little boundaries at home, they've kind of got lost in that world and they lost and therefore got uh, lost um, a fair bit of connection to school, to friends, to church, because, you know, they're kind of the Dora Explorer just going all over the world on their <laughs> phone. And, and, and the kids that got more boundaries at home, they're more likely to engage, more likely to be, um, yeah, to be empathetic with, with other kids during this time. And I find that very, very interesting. Um, and then the second thing is creating clarity about values. Um, I think uh, exactly as you, as you said, Christine, because once you give that to them at home, um, there's the chances are so much higher that when they're out there, you know, at school, after school with their friends, and they're going to have to make decisions themselves, uh, they're going to make them on the basis of those values uh, and not just on mm -hmm. being like, oh, my mom says I have to do this or my dad right. says I yeah. can't do this. No, That's no, good. it's their decision yeah. on, the base, on the basis of a value system that has been created and I think mostly at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those values are created not just simply by setting rules but by conversation, exactly. talking about yeah. what's important, why it's important, why this would really benefit their lives. Um, for sure. Yeah. Just a big bit of a plug for a series of books. You mentioned the word boundaries. Um, Dr. Henry Cloud has written a series of books, Boundaries for Marriage, Boundaries for Parenting, Boundaries for Dating, Boundaries for Leadership. And uh, he describes boundaries uh, in, in, in almost the opposite to our instinctive reaction to that word. So our instinctive reaction to that word is boundaries are restrictive. He describes boundaries as things that free us. Uh, I think it's a wonderful way to look at it, that putting boundaries in place, largely value-driven boundaries in, in the context of parenting or marriage or, or our workplace, in, in any sphere of life, is meant to free us to be the person we've been designed to be. They're yeah. not meant to be restrictive. Mm. Yeah, totally. I think uh, Maria Montessori from the Montessori Education uh, Philosophy uh, says it really well. She says... Uh, that to give absolute freedom within absolute boundaries. And that's, that's really good for teenagers, right. probably yeah. for children as well. Um, and uh, exactly what you said is with the same example for COVID and teenagers on their phones. It's, it's the ones with the more boundaries that I've seen more free and less um, in, in their thinking and more free in how to interact with each other and, and, and less bound to to their phones, so to say. Mm. So that's that's very interesting how we sometimes view um, restrictions, or oh, that sounds like COVID restrictions. Don't want to talk about those, yeah. but um, restrictions as, as, as oppressing, whereas if you do it the right way, um, they're very releasing totally. and, and very empowering. Yeah, this is a great conversation. Um, if we have more time, we'll <laughs> go down it further. We're talking about the importance of of the role that people have in helping disciple others. Uh, we And if you're a parent or if you're working with children uh, or teenagers, then our heart should be, we don't just want to raise nice kids. We want to raise children that follow Jesus, mm -hmm. that are as devoted to him as, as we want ourselves to be. 
Uh, we want that passed on from generation to generation. We could have a generation rising right now that is a revival generation, and we want to mm -hmm. impart to them uh, everything we can to follow Jesus first and foremost. The other sphere of life that <laughs> where our, our following Jesus really has to matter is in the workplace. You know, plenty of challenges in the workplace, temptations in the workplace, or things that come our way, philosophies or thinking of today's culture um, that we have to sort of find a place for <laughs> or wrestle against or try and bring counterculture to, kingdom culture to. So Jen, why don't you kick us yeah. off first? What, what have you found has been the philosophy you've brought to work mm -hmm. and has that been counterculture? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting as you were sort of setting that up, you talked about, you know, as we, we go into work, we can be faced with challenges or temptations. Um, and I would also even reframe that and say we're faced with incredible opportunity yep. to live out the life of following Jesus. There's no other sphere where I spend more time than mm. work. Mm. I spend about 50 hours a week in, in my work world. So the opportunity that I have to bring kim kingdom culture into corporate culture is extraordinary. Now, the challenge is recognizing that I'm spending that amount of time in this culture and constantly reminding myself that I am an alien in this earthly mm, world, yeah. not, you know, not, not part of it, that I'm in the world and not of the world, right. I, uh, to paraphrase the scripture. So I think one of the, the biggest things I see in in my work world is that we're, and I work in a wonderful corporation, really with quite a, a good, healthy culture, but we're all measured on the impact that, that we create for the business. Mm. So even though we put things in place to say, you know, your impact isn't just about what you do on your own, but it's how you collaborate, it's how you support others, it's how you build an inclusive, positive work environment, it's really easy to get into this mindset that just says, what am I producing? How am I measuring this? And I think for me on a daily basis, it's remembering that God has put me in this place for a reason and praying for my colleagues, praying for the people I interact with, and also just really coming in with a heart of service um, I'm really fortunate to work in quite a good job where I bring, um, I'm in a, like quite a sort of advisory role to my customers and I'm mm. kind of a like special resource. So I could quite easily get a bit arrogant, but I'm like, I'm here to serve these organizations, right? I have such a privilege and I want to keep that attitude in and, and ultimately remember like, this is like I want to measure the success at the end of the day in kingdom values, right. in relationship. And mm. we're talking about this, you know, Sipka, you talked about the impact of COVID on teens and, and the importance of boundaries. And I'm sitting here nodding and listening. I'm like, it is the same with like grown people in their 40s, For 50s, adults. beyond, yeah. right? Like, because yeah. we're all living such a different world right now. So I, one of the the little things I've really tried to do this this year is to really sincerely ask people how they are. We're all, we're busier than we ever were. I work in tech and, and we've done very well because we're helping enable all of the tech we use to communicate with each other, right? 
but it's it's so easy to get task oriented but mm -hmm. i want to really come away at the end of my day and think i loved people well i served them i cared about them as a human and i'm explicit with that too i tell mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. like i care about you more as people than i care about the work that we do mm -hmm. um and yeah, just remember that the ultimate measure is the kingdom value, not the stock price at the end of the day. That's awesome. Yeah. You've pretty much succinctly described yeah. the call on every one of us <laughs> to go and serve and not be served and to love and not to uh, try and prove ourselves right or just to go and live the gospel. And uh, I'd like to be a special resource myself. <laughs> <laughs> One of a elite team of 12 globally, which is no pressure whatsoever. <laughs> no pressure at all. But how powerful to take the core of the gospel and go mm -hmm. and live it out. As you said, what a great opportunity. There's no better way to shine mm -hmm. than take the purest form of the gospel and go be it in our workplace. And whether that enhances our ambition and career or it doesn't, ultimately doesn't matter. I think ultimately it will enhance your career because there's nothing more attractive than living the Jesus life. It's However, worked. even if it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. what a brilliant opportunity yeah, to yeah. shine the light. Yeah. Christine, how does it work for you? Tell us about a, a, a work, your work context and how you live out yeah. that amongst your colleagues. Um, I had some challenges with relationships uh, in my workplace, and I found in my um, my natural response was to perhaps say things or do things which weren't very good um and so i learned to go to god with things even small situations that were annoying me or, or weren't working out um, but also the big things and ask god for wisdom mm. and my response was actually very different after going to god with it and that has helped me to build some really good relationships um again going back to what i said before about it not being about me is actually seeing somebody else's perspective in a situation, understanding why they're responding in a certain way, which my first instinct is to be irritated by, but actually to understand, okay, they're going through something, they're struggling, there's a reason why they're behaving that way, and maybe asking them about it. Mm. Um, and I think what you said, Jen, as well, is to actually care about people. Um, I, I work in an environment where people don't really have that very strongly. It's not a... It, in a small group, it's caring, but in the company itself, there's not really a sense of care. Um, so it's something that you have to do intentionally. Right. Um, but as you say, it's asking the questions, it's being really interested in people. Mm. Yeah. And sometimes that's a challenge. That word intentional is, is yes. uh, so important in the life of a disciple. Yeah. We make choices to live a certain way because we simply know it's the right way to, to live. And it can be counterculture, it can be counter even our own emotions yes but it's intentional for a reason that's the thing it's not going to your first response yeah because that yeah. can be just an emotional response yes. yeah and, and to be to be really clear christine i also get super annoyed with colleagues and have to pray <laughs> about them and ask jesus for grace i just want to be clear <laughs> i communicated the vision the daily reality yeah. is very similar to yours sometimes you too. just shattered our model impression <laughs> <of> the <laughs> no, <gym. laughs> i know i'm keeping it real keep it real <laughs> well done. Sivka, you were, you were sharing with us a decision you made as you've just started a new job. Tell us yeah. what that was. Yeah, I, I decided to, um, to, to look for the, the little tasks that actually no one wants to do in the team. And uh, that, that's not always fun. Mm. 
um, but it really helped me to to come into my work uh, with a Christ-like mind, and um, and to look in ways to serve. And uh, actually, in the serving, you can add so much value and bring so much joy. Um, and um, yeah, I've I've had people notice it already. Be like, oh, you seem like you don't mind doing this. I'm like, no, it's fine. I'll do it. Yeah, it's, it's not, I'm glad it's not the only thing I do. No, but um, and in that way. It really helps me to to not forget who I want to be. So right. so a simple decision like that that I have in the back of my mind playing that as they come up and I'm like oh I don't want to do that oh wait <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's 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 say hey let's stick up my hand and be like hey I can do it guys that's all good. Um, it's uh, it works as a reminder in other things because uh, I tend to be task focused and task driven as well actually. <laughs> so uh, so I need those reminders to be Christ like. And, um, and, and yeah, probably patient and kind and, you know, all the fruits of the spirit that you so easily forget when you're <laughs> under pressure and you have to perform or you need to, you need to, you know, get ready for clients or whatever. So, yeah. That's wonderful. So I think what we're all saying is that there has to be something deliberate in our actions. We choose disciples aren't, um, born, they're made. We, yeah. we make choices that, that, that start shaping us into the people we know we want to be mm. uh, like Jesus. So if I was to, we started the series by saying a disciple is one who's devoted to Jesus above and before anything else. And we're closing the series by actually saying, and therefore we want to be like him. We want to live like him the best we can. And that has to work itself out in, in our family context, in our relationships, in our, our, our work life, our community. So big thank you to all three of you. Uh, for supporting this mini-series of Walk With Me. There is nothing more important to us as a church than discipleship. We've called this year the year of discipleship. But to be honest, that just sounds great as a hashtag. It should be a life of discipleship. That's what we're trying to inspire everyone to, to live, a life of discipleship to live devoted to Jesus. So uh, thanks for listening. I uh, encourage you to subscribe to our pod podcast, C3 Imagine, or go to YouTube channel of C3 Imagine 2 and get a whole lot more of great resource. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this bonus podcast episode. We hope this series has inspired you. And if you'd like to hear more on this topic, then be sure to go back and listen to the previous episodes and the preaching series earlier in the year. Be sure to go and check us out on social media at C3 Imagine on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And say hello. Keep an eye out for more of these bonus podcast series coming up soon. But for now, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.